Father God, we just come to you thanking you, Lord, for yet another wonderful and glorious day. We thank you, Father God, for bringing us together, Lord. This is only by your doing. We thank you, Father God, for all that you have done and continue to do in our lives. We pray, Father God, that you would bless this interview, Lord, and bless all that listen to it. May it be a blessing unto them. May they receive an encouraging word that they can take with them, Lord. And Father God, I just thank you for this platform that you have given to us, that we can speak to your people. Let you lead the way, Lord. And we thank you for all your many blessings in your son, Jesus Christ. Wonderful and glorious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for coming to visit the Encouragement Forward podcast. I have the honor and privilege of interviewing Ms. Delphine Kirkland, and she is going to bring to you a very inspiring word. I pray that it blesses you and as you prepare to receive it. And here we go with this interview. So first, I'd like you to tell the audience about yourself. First of all, I am Delphine Kirkland. I am an evangelist. I am a Bible teacher at the Women's Jail Minister in my town. I'm a song, a song leader at my church, and I am a Christian blogger, a Christian blogger, which I do videos. I am an encourager. I am a motivator and inspiring speaker, and I am a Christian author. Uh, of my two books, I just recently I uh, wrote. Uh, one is just Jesus and me, and hiding God's word in my heart. I am the wife of a beautiful and just a Christian husband, Ben, and we have a ministry together. He has a jail ministry for the men as well, and we just been serving God for over 38 years. <laughs> That's a blessing. So one question I have for you, what is your go-to quote or saying? What is your favorite quote or saying that you go by? Behold the Lamb of God. Because a lot of things in this world, especially with this quarantine and this virus, a lot of time we get our focus off of Jesus. And we get our focus on what's going around us and what the news is saying and, and what they saying and what we shouldn't do and what we should not do. And we give some time, we give this virus too much glory. You know, when you start exhorting something, you give it power. Sometimes we say, well, the virus is gonna do this, coronavirus do this, and it may do. But I come to the conclusion, yes, it may do what it do, but what can Jesus do? <laughs> You know, it may do this and it may do that and it take a lives. But then I like to look up the name of Jesus. I said, well, I remember when, when it first came out and the news was just saying, oh, about the elderly. The elderly are gonna die and, and the people in, in the nursing home, they are dying and, and uh, it's gonna affect people 16 over. And my husband and, I, and my mother at the time, she was 94 and we was in the age bracket. And so I had to go back and I sit down in that living room. I said, wait a minute. I said, Lord, I'm hearing what they say, but they don't know you. <laughs> they don't know you. I said, I'm focusing on you. I'm not going to behold, hallelujah. Lord, I'm not going to behold what man saying over here. I'm not going to behold. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. I'm going to behold the Lamb of God. And as long as I got my eyes on you, I can't go. 
I won't fall. I won't fail. I said, we all on this uh, coronavirus ship. But one thing about it, God, you the captain. <laughs> and we won't fail. We won't fail because I am the holding, the Lamb of God. Yes, we have to hold on to God. That's that's one of the things that if nothing else, we always have him and if nothing else. Mm, so, tell me about a tough season you um, endured and how you overcame it. Uh, tough season was 37 years ago. Uh, this is part of my book on Just Jesus and Me. This is my personal testimony. Uh, I was stricken down with leprosy. Um, that's, and also, when I really, it was tough physically, but spiritually, it was great. Uh, I was uh, on my last year in college. I went to Birmingham Southern in Birmingham in my last year in college. And I was stricken down with a skin disease, which I didn't know what was the cause of it. I mean, the, uh, the, the name of it at the time, because it was just like small measles. And then I began to uh, get nervous. And so I decided to go home and just rest a semester and I come back. Little did I know my life gonna be turned around. And I began to break out more and more. My brother told me, he said, Delphine, why don't you go to the dermatologist? And I did. And he gave me medication. I had medication from the doctors in Birmingham and then I would take a medication because I'm from Tuscaloosa. I would take a medication there and nothing was happening. And because of my background in the Lord, because my father and my mother felt it was important that I know Jesus. They introduced me to Jesus at three years old. And all I know just about Jesus can do this and Jesus can do that. He's a healer, he's a deliverer. And I was reading my word and um, I read about people in the Bible that God healed. And I remember, cause I sing and my family sing and we would at choir rehearsal. And the musician at the time was from New York. And he always come over to the house after rehearsal and we talk and laugh. And he came out, he saw my arm. He said, Delphine, you're breaking out. I said, yeah. I said, but you know, Alan, I'm gonna believe God can heal me. He said, you know what? You remind me of this lady from New York that was in stage four cancer. And she was going to chemo and she was taking radiation and she was getting worse. And she told the Lord, I'm tired. Lord, you're gonna to have to heal me. I will not take chemo anymore. I will not take radiation because it's making me sick. But God, I'm gonna trust you. And he said, would you believe that woman stood on God's word and God healed her? In my book, I always said, testimonies are to be shared and not stored. Because somebody need to know how to go through a trial or a test, and they need to know how to come out of it. And your testimony may be the one they need to hear. He had no idea when he left my home that he had planted a seed in my heart. And a few days after that, I began to ponder a lot of things in my mind. And one night, I was, uh, everybody was asleep. I went in my room, I was in my room, I got all my medication, all my creams, and I went in the bathroom and I prayed. I said, God, let nobody come in because we had one bathroom in our home. And it seemed like God locked it down. I began to get my pills and my other medication and I began to flush them down to come on. I got my creams, I squeezed it out the tube and I flushed it down. 
I went in front of the bathroom mirror and I began to talk to God as though he was in my face. I said, Lord, I heard about you, but I don't know you. I heard about you open blinded eyes. I heard about you in the one with issue of blood. I heard about you open the Red Sea, but I don't know you like that. But I said this day, December the 16th, hallelujah, 1979, I shall not, I will not take any medical treatments. If you that same God, they raised Lazarus. If you that same, hallelujah, that same God that opened that red sea, prove those stuff to me. If you're the same God today and yesterday and forever, prove yourself to me. I will not accept medical treatment because I got to know you. And I walked out the bathroom and I went in my room. Was I afraid? No. Because in my heart, I believe you're going to do it. That was December 16, 1979. And in 19, the first year of 1980, I was getting worse. And I was getting worse. And I remember talking to my parents and I said, you know, I'm going to stand on God's word because we were very close. And they said, they understand. They said, yeah, yeah. I said, no, I'm not going to the doctor. Now I go, God could do anything because that's what they always tell me. I read in the word, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. It's the word. So I remember going to Sunday school and I remember they had a um, Sunday school lesson about healing. Oh my God, I just couldn't wait to tell them because, you know, now I was church at the time I was back. We had Sunday school, and after that, uh, we all adjourned down in the sanctuary, and the superintendent would summarize the lesson, and he was asking about having a question. I said, oh, I can't wait to get down there. I want to tell him about God doing me. And so I went down there, and he said, he summarized the the lesson, and he said, anybody got anything? I said, yeah. He said, come on, Daphne. I went up there. I wanted to tell people what God was going to do with me. And I would tell my God is a healer. They would say, yes. I said, God is a deliverer. Amen. And I said, God is, he can heal blind body. Yeah. Oh, wow. The crowd was going, cheering me on. Hallelujah. But when I say, oh, if you don't believe God can heal, watch him. And it's like a pen, like, like it was just silence. I'm like, okay, where is the cheering score right now? And after that, I went to my seat and I was so hurt. I said, God, if you believe you could do this. And I learned through that. You can attend church all you want to. You can attend church 20 to 50 years, but only you know. You can read your Bible, but you got to believe your Bible. <laughs> and see, I believe in reading and believing. Because see, when my father, had Bible study in my home. We had it every Tuesday. Then we go to church on every Wednesday. When he sit there and told me about the word of God and how God healed this and how God healed that one, I believed him. When he said in the scripture, I believe that. And that's the same way I believed when I was going through that affliction. So even the years passed, it was like three years journey, but the next year I began to break out in sores and balls. 
I kept going to church till I couldn't. It was like two years I had to stay out of church because I could not go outside and sit in the in the in the uh, sun because the sun irritated my skin. My whole life changed. I couldn't wear a color for clothes because the color irritated my skin. Everything had to be white cotton. My my mother had to make uh she had sheets for my curtain and everything had to be white. I began to break out in sores and bars and I couldn't close my legs. My grandma, my godmother had oh, so singers and she made me flare skirts because I couldn't close my legs in church and then I couldn't walk anymore. My face pivot is twisted. Sores was in my head, but I spoke life to my body. Mm. Because see, faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And also the Bible said, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hallelujah, the evidence of things not seen. See, faith don't need no evidence. <laughs> Because if you believe something, God ain't got to prove nothing to you. And I remember my face pivoting. Like, my, you know, people sometimes are stroking their face twisted. And I couldn't comb my hair because it has sores in it. But every morning, I would get up and I look in the mirror. Face messed up, hair, halfway out, I, I, you know, almost out of my head. And I said, girl, you know you looking good. Girl, look at your pretty skin. Look at your long hair. with toss like I had hair. Why? Because I, it's not what you see. It's what you believe. <laughs> it's not what you see. But God brought me out. That third year, I began to talk to the Lord. I said, Lord, I put myself out here. I know you're going to do it. Even though the devil was torturing me and telling me I can. And he tried to have me a little Peter part. I said, no, God, don't lie. <laughs> I know what I told him. I said, God, I said, it's almost three years now. I said, so is there anything I need to do? And God began to show me my sins. God began to show me my sins. And God, when he showed my sin, I began to repent and get things right. Because sin and sickness were walking hand in hand. <laughs> and I began to pray and ask him to forgive me. Then when I came back to him, I said, okay, God, I've done that. Is there anything else? Is I'm hindering myself that I should do? And that's the first time I ever heard his voice. He said, I'm using you to let people know I am a healer. And I sit back and I begin to think about what he said. I said, wait a minute. He said, he using me to let people know that I'm a healer. I said, okay. I laughed. I said, because if you're going to use me to let people know, I got to come out of this. So I was at peace with the answer. But when God revealed that to me, the devil heard that. Because then there was time him to really show up and show out and try to torture me and make me waver in faith. And overnight, I started getting sores. My mother would come in and she said, Debbie, where did that sore come from? That wasn't there last night. I said, it's going to be all right, but I know what's going on. See, as much as I read the word, I had to learn about Satan because he hated me. He was not he was not my friend. He was my enemy. It's his job to make me doubt God and not love God. So I was so in love with Jesus. I hated him and I fought him. I was like, it was just and I fought him in the word. I tell anybody, if you're going through something, a storm, walk in the spirit. Because the flesh prompts you nothing. And I began to walk in the spirit. And when he would take me by it, and he would put swords overnight. And, and when I would see, when God let me know I was coming out, 
I was, see, fear had gripped me. He had me scared, like, oh my God, you know, I had to check off fear. You had to fight off a lot of things that the devil throws at you. And when God spoke to me tonight, I said, no, heaven got me now. Heaven got me now. So when he threw a sword on my face and I looked in the mirror and I'm big old, big old sword that I said, oh, is that the best you can do, Satan? Oh, yes, I was cocky. Yes, I was bold. Cold. Hey, heaven got me. Hallelujah. Heaven got my back now. I'm not scared of you no more. Then I go back another day, my hands full of uh, 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 breaking out over this side. I said, I had to do a little Clint Eastwood on him. I said, come on, make my day. <laughs> so, oh, but then uh, when he realized he did not have a stronghold on me, he had to go. And one morning, one morning, <laughs> I woke up and I was sleeping and I was sleeping sort of like this and I opened my eyes and I just kind of threw my hand like that. And right in this section right here, I saw clear skin. <laughs> hey, and I said, come on, Jesus. <laughs> come on, Lord. <laughs> and gradually, God began to hear me all over. Soon to be in May. 38 years, and it's never, hallelujah, never come back. Because when God healed, he healed, and he does it very well. And he brought me out, and I've been telling people about it. Like he told me, he using me to tell people, I've been doing that, that God is, indeed, is a healer. <laughs> yeah, listening to your story is just so inspiring, because I know that's one of the things that my, um, my stepmom is very adamant about, she's always about um, healing and the power of healing. And um, even with my little brother saying the same exact thing, because um, mm -hmm. with me, like with me, I, I don't look at, I guess, say my disease, I have multiple sclerosis. I never mm -hmm. looked at it as something that is taking over me mm -hmm. or defeating me. It mm -hmm. was one of those things I always looked at as, okay, now I know what's going on with me. I never mm -hmm. looked at it as something that was, I let take control and mm -hmm. have this hold on me because I'm still who I am. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I do what I have to do. But it was one of those, sometimes I used to feel like, you know, people always trying to change me. And I didn't feel like nothing was wrong with me. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, this is what I have. And then they say, you know, I'll say this is what you had. But I never looked at it as something that's trying to take over me or mm -hmm. defeat me. And I know there's other people that are far worse that are in far worse conditions that have right. health issues. But, you know, most people look at me and I tell them, it was like, oh, I didn't know that. I said, yeah, most people don't know unless I tell you. I said, right. but I, I don't mind. And like, this is what I have. In the beginning, it was like a sigh of relief to know like, okay, what's going on with my body? But then mm -hmm. it was one of those people would ask my mom about how I was doing. And she'll be like, well, I'm not going to tell them you're doing all right because you're not, you know, and so because I didn't want people to look at me any differently. I was I still am who I am, even, you know, speaking about it. I, it's actually something I love to do research for. So in a sense, it's not a, a burden. It's more like I'm helping science. I'm helping somebody. And that's part of my purpose and my calling. I love helping people. I love encouraging mm -hmm. people. So I look at it as whenever it's a chance I can be in a research study as far as like, and it's not taking medicine or anything like that. It's mostly based upon your um, dieting and physical activity. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, sure. I don't mind being a part of it. I mean, yes, you get the incentive with it, but it's one of those. I'm like, I love research. I love helping. I love science. 
So <laughs> it's kind of like, so but even hearing yours and seeing the power of like, I know God is a healer. God yes, can heal and he heals in many different ways. Like even yes, um, during the 21 days of prayer and fasting, one of the pastors was like, God heals in different ways. He can do it instantly. He can do it incrementally or mm -hmm. he can do it differently. But as they always say, and even you get reiterated, we're all somebody's miracle in some way. Even if yes. it means he takes you away, you're still that person's miracle because they got to see mm -hmm. how you went endured a tough season and survived it. So just listening to you and you, like you said, it's been 38 years and you prayed and prayed and God is using you to tell about him still, mm -hmm. even to this day and the power of healing that he's done in your life. So that's even, like I said, that's an inspiration to me. And because yeah. it's like, I said, God brought us together. We just yeah. met each other on Instagram and here it is, you know, hearing your story. And I know it's going to bless a lot of people because there's people out there who are looking for supernatural healing. Mm -hmm. And we all pray for miracles and miracles do still happen. And a lot of people don't yeah. know that or see that. So I know I just, yeah. you know, I'm praying over everybody that does this message, does receive that They share it with somebody else who's like, who needs to hear it. You know, because I even have a cousin presently right now. She had a stroke a couple of days ago and she's already mm -hmm. had heart attacks before. Mm -hmm. And they were um, saying that she's doing a little bit better, but she um, they're not going to do surgery or anything on it. They're just, you know, going to basically watch things because they were saying something was going on with her heart as okay. well. So but um, like you say, you start recognizing the closer you get to God the more you recognize the attacks of the enemy and what he's doing mm -hmm. and the heart is going to go even with it, whether it be health related or just in general. And I, like I said, just sitting here listening, you know, to your story and not everybody, this is my first time hearing it completely. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I've heard parts of it, but to hear it in depth and then to like, let it sink in and, you know, really realize because I'm very visual. So while you're talking, I'm visualizing. Mm -hmm. um things and seeing you know and just seeing the hand of God all over it and how he's mm -hmm. still using you to heal others to this day because somebody's going to hear your testimony yes they're going to be like if God you healed her you can heal oh, yeah. her too see that's the thing I had did on uh, my uh prayer uh, I was I always said a thing when I was going through this and I would read about different people now let me let me bring this out healing is a process now, there are times that God healed me, boom, it happened like that. And there are times that God healed me, it took two weeks or two months or three months. And there are times, like I said, in that process, it was three years. But God knows when the time comes. Like I said, you know, be not weary in well doing, but in due season. So be not weary if you are sick today, because in due season, <laughs> see when your due season comes see your due season is not God's season yeah. so when when now God could have done it instantly but see it wasn't time because I wasn't saved he had to do he had to heal the inward man he had to get me cleaned up because <laughs> see if I he never done that and I don't regret it I don't regret those three years waiting on Jesus because my soul would have been lost. He had to sit me down and talk to my mind. Let me see my sins. Let me recognize my sin. Let me repent of my sin. Let me get clean up. So he had to clean up in before he go outside. He had to clean up my heart. My inward man was messed up. He had to save me. See, I got a double with me. 
I got a hit and I got salvation. When I came out of my bed affliction, I was not the same. I was not that same woman came home from Birmingham Summer. I was a, I was a church going hypocrite. But when God healed me and brought me out of my bed affliction, I was saved. Oh, he had changed me. And I, when I came, when I went back to church, I was not the same person when I left. Because God showed me my sins. He brought condition to my heart. I was just like a Zacchaeus. He preached to me and salvation came in my house and cleaned me up. And then he came and cleaned the outside up. Every time, I always tell people, whatever you're going through, if it's a sickness or disease, hold on, because in due season. So he knew the season to clean me, to deliver me. <laughs> and see, I, maybe sometimes we pray and we pray, we say, but God ain't getting them yet. No, because it, it's not the season. You just keep praying. You ask God what's going on, God. You know, if there's something in your life that you know that God need to deliver you and heal and, 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 and whatever conviction or sin that you're committing, you get that under Jesus' blood. See, so I had to talk like that. When he showed me my sin, I said, Lord, forgive me. When he showed me the other, I said, Lord, forgive me. And then when all that come, then God came on in. But see, he had to teach me. And then all of a sudden, and all the good thing about it, I didn't love Jesus like I love him now. I fell in love with him. <laughs> On my bad affliction, I, hallelujah, I fell in love with him. <laughs> Glory to God. He, made, he, he, he did something for him. He was in my soul. <laughs> he soothed my heart. <laughs> he soothed my troubling mind. <laughs> and I fell in love with him. And I remember after God cleaned me up. And I remember talking to him a few months ago. I said, God, you came down from heaven and you healed me. I said, you're gonna put my skin back right, my hair growed, my face twisted back to normal. I said, Lord, what can I do for you? Hallelujah. I said, what can I do for you? And I told him, I give you my life. I give you my life. Anything you want me to do, Lord, I'm here. Because you did this great miracle for me. And that's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now. I said, hello, Jesus. So a lot of people say, well, I'm sorry it took you three years. I'm not sorry. I'm glad he did what he did and the way he did it. Because see, God is a wise God. When it may take uh, ibuprofen to make you whole. It may take a Tylenol to make me whole. <laughs> he knows exactly <laughs> what kind of spiritual medication we need. <laughs> so when you're going through your 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 your, your, your healing or your, your troubles or your what things are going in your life, just behold the Lamb of God. If it's anything that you know in your life, is repent, repent about it. And just trust God. He will bring you through. He will bring you through. And another thing I want to bring out, every disease, like you said, you, you know, you do research. You know, we call the medical name for it, but it's a spirit. That's when I pray. The spirit of leprosy. The spirit of MS. The spirit of cancer. Lord, cancer to the piece of head. It's a spirit. That's from Satan. But when I pray, I pray for that spirit. 
the spirit of bitterness, the spirit of hatred, Lord, to root it up, then cast it out to the pits of hell to reburn it. Because everything has a spirit behind it. And yes, the healing is a process. And sometimes we get discouraged because he didn't do it last month or he didn't do it. But he knows when the time comes to deliver. He knows when to deliver. Look how long the, in the time of Moses, how they cried out to him. Long time. But he knew what time to bring to deliver. So God is a wise God. I always say, as the song said, wait on the Lord. <laughs> they did wait on the Lord. He's worth waiting on. <laughs> and what is one thing that you... Um that 2020 has taught you that you won't bring into 2021? Don't complain. <laughs> Don't complain. Because while we went through 2020, oh my God, we should be the greatest people in the world. Mm -hmm. Especially if you made it through. Especially if God brought you out of it and you're still all right. Don't complain. Be grateful. A lot of times people, oh, I wish I couldn't go to church. Oh, I wish I could go to the game. I, huh? No, look, be grateful that you have a roof over your head. Be grateful that you can quarantine somewhere. Be thankful. Oh, I wish I can go to this, uh, to the restaurant. Thank God you got food you can cook. Be grateful. Be grateful when you hear on the news that somebody done lost their mother, somebody lost this, the wife, somebody lost the, the father and your children, a whole family gone, and you still got yours. Be grateful. Don't complain. Don't complain. And I decided, no, God, be, even though God, we went through a lot in 2020, God was good to me, and he good to a lot of us. Some of us have not lost a little one, and there's some lost a family. Some some of us have not lost our job, and some still home. Some are, look about the homeless people. They don't have a roof over their head, but they had to endure the best way they can. They, they couldn't quarantine. They was out there in, in the world, having them have masks, but then we have masks, so don't complain. Look and see how good God is. Don't complain. And I determined I wasn't going to bring that in 2020. He showed me something. Be content and well doing. <laughs> yeah, 20, 2020 was a if anything, it should have taught all of us some type of lesson. It yes. should have opened our eyes to see and still should be opening our eyes to see, mm -hmm. you know, how good God is and how fortunate we are. Like, I, I just had a friend who lost her father this week from COVID. Whoa. So it's one of those, you know, some people don't realize until it hits home, until yes. it hits somebody close to you or somebody wow. that you know. But wow. it's one of those, It like I say, 2020 has had actually helped us to slow down. We were always yeah. so fast and this microwave society wanting everything instantly and just kept going and going like the Energizer Bunny. But mm -hmm. it's one of those things that God got our attention and he's still getting our attention because we're still like, we're not satisfied. We're still, like you said, wanting to go here and wanting to go there and wanting to do this and wanting to do that. And everybody's like, when are we going back to normal? And mm -hmm. one of the things I'm seeing a lot of people are speaking is like, there's no going back. This is normal. This is our normal. Yes, you're like, you don't like wearing the mask. You're tired of wearing the mask. You, you know, you're taking away my freedoms. But at the same time, when you look around and see how many people are dying every day from even from COVID or any disease, but more so, you know, mm -hmm. 
and people aren't going anywhere. Some people are staying at home and still, you know, have the disease and, you know, are not making it. And when the hospitals are overwhelmed, nobody ever, you nobody ever expected us to be in the situation that we're in. But this is what we're going through. And it's it's for a reason, it's to help us to see and know who is in control. Right. And and God is in control. God has all power and he's trying to get our attention. It's a matter of are you listening? Are you looking? Are you seeing? Right. Are, you, are you hearing what he's saying? And he's just telling us, you know, to slow down. Like they said, the church is within you. The church is not in that building. The church is within you. Yes, you need the social or like the social interaction, you know, but at the same time, there, you know, there's nothing wrong with the people that are going in social distance. Don't get me wrong. It's just one of those situations too that you have to do in the end what's best for you. But God knows your heart and nothing else. And that's exactly. what I always held on to you. My husband had to remind me a couple of times, like, don't beat yourself up about certain things because God knows your heart. You know, yes, I'm one of those people that benefits from being in the physical mm -hmm. building and around other believers but mm -hmm. as time has gone on you know i'm able to interact with people through technology he gave us technology mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. no it's not the same but you can he, he's within my heart and that's what matters the most and God you know, is know, with like, you everywhere i was like I'm, I'm, I, I, uh now I, in my book the, 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 the neck was called hiding god word in my heart and i talks about uh, people, you know, want to go to church, and and my thing is, and 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 I miss church. I'm, I love to go to church, but if we can really see what God's doing, because I always said, don't worry about missing church, just don't miss Jesus. Because when you look at this, we through social media, we got the biggest platform now than ever. Look how many people that you're posting and you're talking on video that you're reaching that you can't reach in the church. So look what God doing. He gave us a big, bigger audience. He gave us a bigger platform because maybe where there may be a 500 in your church, look at the millions that you're reaching. You're still preaching the word. You're still encouraging. You're still inspiring. So the, your, 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 your platform is greater. It's greater now because somebody don't even know what church, where your church is at. Somebody don't know where my church is, but look what they look at every day on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, Twitter, whatever. The platform is greater. God has opened up a door for the ministers, ministry to expand now because what? We are reaching a broader and wider audience now. So enjoy this. You're still about your father's business. <laughs> You still using you. You're not talking to just a little group of people. You're talking to the world. And and, and a matter of fact, you and I would have never met. Yeah. And the people that follow you and the people that follow me, we would never met. And even like, you know, I thank God, you know, God has really blessed my book. My book is over Singapore now in Ecuador. Oh, okay. We never met me. Just down here in the little Alabama. But look what God doing. He so use what we got. And, it, and let God do it, what he want to do. He just want us to be a mouthpiece. And he'll take our videos where he wanted to go and to the souls that he want them to see. And who is one person that inspires you or did or did inspire you? My daddy girl. <laughs> <laughs> my dad. My dad, 
um, when he sat down and started Bible study for our family, and I think I was like three years old, and my dad was like a fire and brimstone kind of teacher. And my mother was more of a loving kindness how I draw the woman. <laughs> and my father, I, I miss hearing him pray. I love to hear him pray. And I miss that. And, and he praying about his family and asking God to help him to be a good father and a good husband and, and take care of my children. And he get up and go to work. And my father was, you know, back in the day, he had father work, you know, and they didn't hang around. They worked for their family. Uh, and that's what I am like I am now. I remember my father died in 84 and I began to talk and a lot of people said, you remind me of your father because he, he, he introduced me to Jesus. And and that, that seed stayed with me. And I think, and I, and I always, uh, I don't have any children. And I, I, was, I always said, if I had any children, I would raise them having a Bible study in the home. Because that's, that, that, you know, I mean, my brothers and I talk about it, our Bible study and how, you know, even though we may stray, but that word would walk us back. I remember when I first went to Birmingham Southern and I was uh, meeting a lot of uh, people from different backgrounds of religion. And I was getting confused, but I can always call daddy. <laughs> daddy, this Muslim told me this, or this Arab told me this, and he, he'll bring back to the word, the folk, keep me focused, so I won't sway. So yeah, my daddy, my daddy. Anderson Page, <laughs> <laughs> my daddy. <laughs> and what is one thing besides your faith that has kept you going? Like what's the one thing you hold on to besides um, your faith that has also kept you going? Oh my, because I, most of my faith does it. Um, people, people in general, because I have so much inside of me that I can share with them and to get up in the morning and to pray with them or write a book to inspire them, to call a friend, to encourage them, people, souls. Because it's like, and like I told you before I came on here, I was like five minutes before I was gonna contact you and this woman called me, can you talk? And I'm thinking, that's what I got five, I got 10, I know it's 10 minutes. And she called and she was just crying. People, to be able to pray with somebody, to be able to give a word of encouragement and after we finished, she was grinning and smiling and thanking God, people. Because I have so much to give through what I went through, or I'm going through, or how I overcame, or how God brought me out. I want to share with people. Whether I write it down, which we just when I write Christmas Christian books. And um, and whenever I go through, I like to share. I, I matter of fact, I share. A lot of times people share when they come out of it. I, I walk you through mine. I walk, I walk, I say, okay, girl, I'm going through this. Um, okay, I want to, I want you to know I'm going through this thing. Walk with me. Cause I want you to be my witness that when God bring me out, <laughs> you could be my witness. And that would happen to me on just Jesus and me. That, that testimony about leprosy. I had three people to walk with me. 
I said, well, don't walk with me. I had some friends to come over that would really love me and I would unwrap my leg and I would let them see the, the swords and the ball. I said, look at this. So when I come out, you could be my witness. And they were. So most of the time when I'm going through something, I let people walk with me through it because I know God will bring me out. <laughs> so, but that encouraged them because they was there, they seen that. So to encourage them that, yeah, that's what it is, people. And um, I guess, did you have anything you wanted to ask me? Yeah. Um, what turned you to God? What 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 happened? What 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 really inspired you to say, okay, God, I want to give you my life? Well, for me, I growing up as being a preacher's daughter, it was kind of like you know we just, as you say, became routine. You just went because, okay, my daddy, we got to go. We're going to church. We go to Sunday mm -hmm. school. You go because your parents tell you you have to go, whether you want to go or not. And, um, you know, just being through that stage. And then I think what really got to me more is when my granddad passed away, that's one of the first steps when I got closer to God, because I remember um, how hard I took it. And I just remember, I was like, okay, Lord, you know, life is short. And that was mm -hmm. the first thing that made me think about, you know, like life is short. My granddaddy passed away um, a week before my final of my first semester of college. Mm -hmm. And that really, you know, I took that kind of hard. And that was the first step of it. And I was just, I think, right at my, I wasn't even, I think I was just 18. And okay. still it didn't hit me right away. I went and I always people, um, I had never been submerged baptized. The okay. time when I was little, when I was about to get baptized, when I went and really understood it, I remember mm -hmm. the girl that went in front of me, she went down and came up hollering. And I was like, uh-uh, mom, I'm not getting in there. I'm not, and I was probably four or five, but I was like, I'm not going. So it wasn't until like, I was about, I think it, I think I was about maybe in 20, no, 2007. Mm -hmm. And that would have been my junior, possibly senior year in college. And I got a little bit deeper into church still was you know living worldly and doing other things but mm -hmm. I ended up getting I went to the Methodist church and they have the three different methods of being baptized so mm -hmm. when I went I got basically sprinkled in mm -hmm. the sense to say and mm -hmm. even then I knew what I was doing and I knew what I felt and I knew who God was but that still wasn't that turning point I guess to say mm -hmm. it was like okay because I was still like okay I've done this I'm going back you know I was going to church I'm going back to do mm -hmm. and this and it wasn't until I, I really really got closer to God back on in December of 2014 mm -hmm. and it was after I had been through a tough season even before that back in 2013 and mm -hmm. I had moved to Tuscaloosa and I started, um, I had already been going to Church of the Highlands. That's the church I go to. Okay. And one of my friends, when I first moved, we both grew up in the same Methodist church. Our grandmas and stuff were um, like best friends and stuff at the church. She introduced me to Church of the Highlands back in 2012 when I started at UAB. And she let me know, like, it's different. It's mixed. Right. She knew where we came from. We came from yeah. a AME Zion church. So it was right. like, okay, right. I was like, so at first I was I was like, mm, okay, but it was, I felt, I still, you know, I'm in love with the church. It was the first place I've been that I hadn't been, I let it all go. It was the first time I remember really fully feeling it 
the um, Holy Spirit come upon me because mm-hmm. I remember we had did um, the guy I was dating at the time we were leaving that morning from doing 21 days of prayer and fasting mm-hmm. and it was on I think that Saturday and I got in the car and out of nowhere I just started boohooing and he was like that's the Holy Spirit coming upon you and mm-hmm. I was like oh because I, I remember the, the service was just so powerful that morning and we were there and I just started out of nowhere I just started boohooing like it was like growing up seeing people raise their hands it was like oh okay and even then I could feel some of him with me but I think I got more close to him when I decided to get water baptized and that was on December the 13th of 2014 like yes I grew up you know as a preacher's kid and I knew God but I got really into a deeper relationship with him then and it was through my small group I did the freedom small group and that's okay. when I let go of a lot of stuff. I let go of a lot mm-hmm. of things I had been holding on to. Mm-hmm. I, you know, repented. I forgave a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I even forgave myself. And yeah. um, I still remember that day, clearest day. It's been, mm-hmm. what, six years ago now. But I still remember going down in that water. I made, I felt the Holy Spirit telling me that Friday night, because it was like, you can do it that um, next day. Mm-hmm. And I felt in my spirit that God said it it's let's go all in you let all this stuff go let's do it so oh. um, I remember going down in the water and I remember coming back up and I just remember I still see the lights on the ceiling even wow. I close my eyes and wow. I just remember like I, ever since then I never really the devil still tried to attack me right after that that weekend and they said that was going to happen but it was just one of those things of okay I'm not turning back no matter what I'm going to mm-hmm. keep pushing forward mm-hmm. And I got into doing my devotions in the morning. I got into journaling. And then by, I think it was 2016, I led my own small group. And I'm still in contact with some of those people. Okay. To this day that um, in my small group that it was a um, called Raise the Sunshine. And then I ended up becoming now part of my business, Raise the Sunshine Jam. And okay. I jam is because that's my initials. But oh, everybody okay. always say like, I'm a ray of sunshine. Mm-hmm. And he gave me that. And even later on, I found some of the, we would, I asked them like, what topics you all want to talk about? Because I taught it for three semesters, I think. And I asked like, one, it was just like, we just freestyled it. We just talked mm-hmm. about whatever. Another mm-hmm. time I tried to do it with a book and it was like, that didn't work too well. And then another time I asked them specifically, like, what topics you all want to talk about? And sometimes I wouldn't even be prepared for the meeting that day. I would be sitting there probably an hour beforehand and be like, Lord, what are we going to talk about with this? And I found one of my notebooks the other day and I said, I wrote this. <laughs> this writing this. I couldn't believe that. And it was just like, he led me to things. Because even when I gave my testimony back in 2014 the first Mm -hmm. time I gave it I was so prepared and I was so ready and the second time I had a different attitude and so it didn't deliver as it should but he still you know used me and even now you know I did my um testimony last um for my first episode so it was still me just like now that's when the turning point was back when I got water baptized because it was just something came over me it was doing that freedom and going through that and letting things go and actually you know learning more about the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and good and evil and Mm -hmm. you know seeing how you're you know 
what you do and your actions, how much it affects you. Like some people look at me crazy because I don't, I listen to gospel music. That's all I listen to. I get down and dance to the gospel music. I was dancing in the car one time. We were heading to the beach and my, um, my brother-in-law and his wife were behind us. And I was like, you know, getting down dancing. Right. And she was mm-hmm. like, what was you listening to? Cause you were just, I saw her listen to gospel. She kind of gave me this look and I was like, yeah, because even my husband, sometimes I listen to gospel, and he was like, what are you listening to? Because it would sound almost like regular uh, secular okay. music, and he'd be like, I said, no, it's gospel. I said, just some of it, I said, and I understand why some of it sounds that way. But some you know, people I'm may not. School, you know, I know, you know, you know I'm old school. I'm like, <laughs> What you looking at? No, no, this was well. You know, I'm coming to Jesus back in the day. You know, amazing grace. I'm like, wait a minute, but I know things ain't changed. Yeah, it's one of those that you know, it to reach to to reach the generation that we have now. In a sense, you it's going to find that thing that will connect them and bring them back to God. You know, it may be some music that sounds like, you know, you're not saying the words like all the other stuff they're listening to, right. but you have to find that way to connect with them, to bring them back in and let them have a heart and a love for Jesus. So, but yeah, for me, it was the, I say 12, 13, 14. It was okay. that day that everything completely like changed. Like I know with me, my husband even sees it with me. He knows when my when I'm spiritually off and he'll be like, you need to go to church. And it'd be one of those situations like because he knows when I go and I come back, I'm a whole new person. I have a whole new aura because my thing is worship. That's worship. And that's in my that's part of who I am because my family, we're a music family. We love music. My dad, um, my dad used to sing with the Commodores before they became the Commodores. Really? And most of my yeah, and most of my family. I was, I was a teenager by that time too. <laughs> I was a teenager. I remember going to uh, one of the coming. I think I was in the. I was. Um, I think I was a freshman or either sophomore, and I remember going. They was in Tuscaloosa, and they was with the OJs, and and uh, I think they were that one brick house came out. So I know that that's. See, I'm back in them time. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things with my family. We all have a talent and um either you can sing or you can play an instrument or do both okay and so like my dad used to sing he played the piano the clarinet the saxophone and one of my Mm -hmm. brothers does that like we're all somewhat musical um Mm -hmm. I sing my mom always said I have you know people say I have a beautiful voice but I don't sing all the time I, I I sing in the car and I get nervous when it comes to time for me to sing on the spot or sing by myself somewhere. So it's like, oh goodness. Yeah. But, um, I, I mean, I sing like gospel. I'm not singing all the other. I used to sing all the other songs, but sometimes people feel like they may think I'm like a goody goody because they're like, I don't do. And I'm like, no, I don't. And they think I look at them differently. And I'm like, no, I'm not judging you. If you choose to do certain stuff, you choose to. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah. But I, but see, I had to go by my conviction. You know, it's a, it's about this between me and God. This is my conviction, and I just I have to go where I know I don't. I feel you know God. I'm pleased with God, and uh, like I mean, we we got a lot of things in common. Cause I come from a musical family. And my brothers, you know, they sing. My mama said my daddy, you know, he already ain't like my mother. <laughs> and I play the organ. I'm a keyboard. So it's like my other brother played the, my my uh, middle brother played the clarinet, 
and uh, so it's like we, we we sort of got that. But why I'm actually this, girl, you got me curious. So you said that your father was 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 one of the combos before they began. So when he stopped, when he when he when he dropped off before they got famous, or were they famous when he what happened? He well, he's in one of the Jet magazines with them when there is um they're walking down the road and I, they were about to go on tour and my grandma said, oh uh uh-uh, not my son, and so. Okay. She, he was the only child, my dad's the only child, and, you know, he and his oh. mom, his mom had him young, and so okay. they kind of grew up together, so what she said went, it was like, uh-oh, you, my son ain't about to do that, and I'm thankful in a sense that he he has that connection, but I'm glad mm-hmm. he didn't go, because as my brother told me, if he had, I wouldn't be here, none of my other siblings would be here, right. so, yeah. you know, because he would have been out on the road, and, yeah. you know, he like he said, he, he knew David Ruffin, he's seen you know, he had seen people when they were on drugs and stuff like that. Oh, and he, yeah. He's glad he didn't have, you yeah. know, that lifestyle. God was protecting him. That's what it was. God was protecting him. Because God knew what kind of life that was. And if you're not strong, and a lot of times people don't come back with a good story. Grandma was wise. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah she, she was like, no, my, not my son. Yeah. You're not going to do that. <laughs> so. nah, that is great. I'm glad to hear that story. That's great. Because, <laughs> yeah, because all of them came from Birmingham, you know. Eddie uh, uh, Kendrick came from Birmingham, you know. But I didn't know, wow, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> then, no, I, I mean, we're learning each other. <laughs> but that's a great story. I, I'm, I thank God we both found God. That's a blessing. That was a blessing. And then I, I right now I have um what is your takeaway that you want the audience to take with them? What's your one takeaway and anything else you want to share? Oh uh, well, I just want everybody to realize that all hope is not gone. All hope is not gone. And also I want them to know that when you put your petition before the Lord. Never give up. God do answer prayers. When you ask God for something, stand on it. Now the enemy gonna come in and try to shake your faith. He's gonna try to shatter your faith. But you just stand on. Because one thing about God, he's not there. He hears. <laughs> he hears your prayer. But in his time, and I always tell people, a lot of times people get disappointed because they say, well, you know, I pray for this and I, I don't have my answer. God do answer prayer, but he answered in his time. And God knows when the right time. There are times I will ask God to do something for me, and I want him to do it right then and there. But it wasn't the time. I feel like, oh, I got, okay, I, I need it in three weeks. So I needed it, you know, I needed it before the, before, the, before the end of the month. And I seen God, when I ask him, sometimes he'll come the next day. Sometimes he'll come before the end of the month. And sometimes he'll come after the month. But it's all, but he's going to be on time. Regardless of what it is, he will be on time. So never feel like God can't answer your prayer. But I always encourage people, because a lot of times people say, well, I asked God this, and he, he, he didn't answer my prayer this way. He did it this way. That's when I would say, pray in his will. Lord, if it's your will, let this happen. Lord, if your will. Because when, it's, when it goes the other way, it may not be his will. And I, I, I've done that. And I said, well, I prayed, but then when I realized when God didn't answer my prayer and I found out why he did it, and I'm glad sometimes he didn't answer my prayer because it was not his will. Because sometimes we pray for things like the Bible said, uh, we have not because we ask not, and we ask not in a miss. 
or miss mean our lust for fleshly desires. So why would I ask God for your husband when I got one? Then don't worry. Why would I accept God for something that's not in his will? Because we, you have not, because you, 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 you're going for your fleshly thing. You're going for your, your lustful thing. So that's a miss mean. You, you, you're, not, you're not praying in his will because you're actually in a miss. He's going to answer what's in his will. And there are a lot of things I've asked God for and he didn't answer. And, and when he didn't, I said, oh, thank you, Jesus, you didn't answer that prayer because he knew what's best for me. So I always pray like Jesus said, not my will, Lord, but thy will be done. And um, where can people um, follow you? And what is also your um, web address for your, your books? Okay, uh, they can follow me. I'm an Instagram person. I love Instagram. I started with Instagram. I got two accounts. First one is I Pray, Write, and Bake. That's Instagram. And also the other one is From the Master Table. You can uh, go to my website and get my books. Uh, well, you go to Amazon to get my books because I'm going to get a link soon. But you can go. My website is www.delphinekirkland.com. And all my books, Hiding God's Word in My Heart. And these are the scriptures that God gave me during uh, COVID-19 that sustained me. And I do talk about, uh, I started writing this book in March of last year and I went to August. And these are the scriptures and things that happened to me uh, through this pandemic we started, even the, you know, the George Floyd, the racism and everything. And uh, all these things that God gave me the word of God that kept me going and uh, then you got just Jesus to me. That's my personal testimony. When I first start talking about my healing, you're gonna hear the you're gonna it's gonna explain the whole uh, three years of my healing and what I experienced with God and how God delivered me. So you can get those books on Amazon.com, both of them. I thank you for taking this time out to do this interview with me. I know this message is going to bless each and every person that listened to it. I know God brought us together for a reason so that, you know, we could bless his people so yes. that they could give him all the glory because this is all because of you, Lord. This is all on you. And I yes. thank you, God, for the platform. I thank you, God, for this interview. And we just pray that each one of you all be blessed. We pray you have a wonderful evening, day, night, morning, whatever day it is, is when you listen to this. But just mm -hmm. always remember that God loves you. He loves you more than anything than anybody else than anything in this whole wide world and i pray that you be blessed and just tune in later to hear more testimonies so this is all god's doing god bless, god bless.